Matthew 28, 1 through 8. These are probably passages that, that, that some of you are familiar with, if not all of you. These are passages that we've, that we've read our whole life, but they're passages that we continue to read every year. We continue to read occasionally from time to time, and it reminds us of, of, of what happened. It reminds us of the life of Jesus and what he did for us, uh, but it reminds us more so not just about his life, but that he rose from the dead. Let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you this morning, and I pray that your words would just speak to us today. I pray that you just hide me behind the cross, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit would touch our hearts. I pray that as we read these words, that they would come alive to us, dear Lord, that we would be reminded of just the, the, the mighty significance and importance of what took place on this day that we're reading about, dear Lord. Help it to be fresh to us. Help it to be exciting to us, dear Lord. Jesus should always be exciting to us. So God, if there are some here that, that maybe our attitude's not right or our heart's not right or we're just not feeling it, dear Lord, I pray that you pour the Holy Spirit out on us so that we can rejoice this morning over what we have to rejoice over, and that is your Son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake, because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his robe was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken from fear of him that they became like dead men. But the angel told the women, Don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been resurrected just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead. In fact, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb, with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Can you imagine the, the, the joy that these ladies must have had? <laughs> Obviously, they believed that Jesus was who he said he was. Even the disciples believed that Jesus was who he said he was. But here, after Jesus was crucified, they were, they were mourning. And we see later on, as Jesus appears to the disciples, that even they had some doubt. Even though they had faith in Jesus Christ, there was still some doubt. After all, how was this man going to be raised from the dead? They had no doubt seen Jesus raise others from the dead. But in this instance, God himself was about to raise Jesus from the dead. And this was different from the other instances where people were raised from the dead because they were raised from the dead only to die again. But not with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When he rose from the dead, it was for all eternity. That's why we have hope, because we have a Savior who has conquered death. And those words that the angel uttered as the women went near the tomb, and the angel said, He is not here. Now those words changed everything. It's hard to think that a few simple words could change everything. He is not here. What would have happened if the women would have arrived at the tomb and Jesus would have been there? Well, Jesus would have been a liar. 
Jesus would not have been the Son of God. Jesus would have been just another lunatic in the line of many. But that's what makes the story of Jesus different than the story of any other person who has walked the face of the earth. Jesus was not just a person. Jesus was the Son of God. And Jesus was not a liar and a lunatic. He was the Savior of the world. And so we come and we celebrate that. We celebrate the fact that Jesus was not in the tomb. And even the women weren't really sure what to make of it. They left with great fear and great joy, the text says. Can you imagine what that must be like? They, 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 they go and Jesus is not there. I'm sure they were, they were probably shaking with excitement, thinking Jesus is not here, but also that fear of, whoa, this guy is, is raised from the dead, that fear of knowing, whoa, he really is the Son of God. If there was any shred of doubt there at all, all of a sudden they realize in all of God's power and all of God's glory that everything that Jesus Christ had said while he was on this earth has come true and been fulfilled in his resurrection from the grave. And with great fear and great joy, they ran to tell the disciples. And the angel said, go and tell the disciples that Jesus is going ahead of them to Galilee. Now that phrase really jumped out to me this week as I was reading this text. Now I understand in the context, Jesus is talking about going ahead of them to a physical place. But the idea of Jesus going ahead of us was something that kind of jumped out to me as I read this text. Because we serve a Savior who has gone ahead of us in many ways. We serve a Savior who who has set the path for us and gave us an example and showed us the way. He didn't just tell us the way, He showed us the way. Jesus has went ahead of us. Jesus went ahead of us in suffering. 1 Peter 2.21 says, For you were called to this, because Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. Sometimes we suffer for Christ. Sometimes God calls us to things. Sometimes we see stories of those missionaries or people around the world who are suffering for Christ. That's something that we are well aware of. We know what it's like to suffer, maybe not to the most extreme extent as some of our brothers and sisters in Christ. But even on the simplest level, sometimes we try to share the light with people and they don't want to hear it. They want to attack us. They don't want to hear the good news. They don't want to see the light. They don't want the light to shine in the darkness of their life. And we have to suffer sometimes in that way. But we serve as Jesus who has, who has gone ahead of us and who has suffered before us. So when we think of our suffering, we need to think about our Savior and how He handled the suffering, how He handled those who ridiculed Him, how He handled those who came to take His life. We serve a Jesus who has, went ahead of, who has gone ahead of us in, in every way that we can imagine so that he can be our example. Jesus has gone ahead of us in suffering, so next time you suffer, don't forget that. Jesus has gone ahead of us in death. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that, having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. You have been healed by his wounds. Isn't that that good news to know that we have been healed by His wounds? To know that the fact that He died for us, that we can be made righteous through the sacrifice that He gave on our behalf. Isn't that wonderful to know that when we die, we don't have to die for all of eternity because we have the victory in Jesus Christ that He gained when He rose from the dead. Jesus has gone ahead of us in suffering, but He's also gone ahead of us in death to prepare 
a way for us. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 tells us that Jesus has gone ahead of us in resurrection. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. Now that's good stuff. That's why we're here. Because we know that one day Jesus is going to take us where He is. We know that one day we can be with Jesus. And why is that a good deal? Because with Jesus there is no suffering. There is no pain. There is no sin. There is no worry. There are none of these things that make this world a horrible place for us to live in. There are none of those things that break our heart and cause us sadness with Jesus. Because when we are with Jesus, we are filled with the greatest joy that we can ever imagine. And we taste that just a little bit here on this earth. We get that just a little bit when we humble ourselves before the Lord, when we pray to God, when we spend time in Scripture, and we're praising God and we're glorifying God. We feel that joy, and we just get a glimpse of it. We can't even begin to imagine what it's going to be like when we are with Jesus all day and all night. Well, there won't be a day and night in eternity. When we'll be with Jesus constantly for all of eternity. That little smidgen of joy that we experience in this world will not compare to the joy that we will feel when we are with our Lord and Savior for all eternity. Jesus has gone ahead of us in resurrection. Jesus has conquered death so that you and I can one day conquer death. Isn't it great that we serve such a good Savior who has laid, uh, uh, laid the path for us, who has, who has shown us which way to go, who has given His life for us so that we can follow His path and be with Him. In John chapter 14, verse 6, even Jesus Himself reminds us that He has prepared a way for us, that He has gone ahead of us to heaven. He says, If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. That's a good reminder for us. We sometimes need to be reminded of where our future is going to be. We don't want to overlook the present, but we are reminded that Jesus has prepared a place for us. Can you imagine how wonderful of a place that's going to be that Jesus Christ himself has prepared for us? Sometimes we watch these shows on TV, Fixer Upper and some other ones. Y'all have probably watched them. And they take these houses and they go in and they prepare them for the family that's coming. And they are beautiful and the, the landscaping's beautiful and the home's beautiful. And then they go get the people and they say, All right, we've got your house done. We've got your house finished. We've prepared your house. You want to see the finished product so that you can move in. And they pull the curtain back and, and they see the place that's been prepared for them. And usually it's beautiful. And we're just humans. And human beings can make something that beautiful. Can you imagine the place that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has prepared for you? Can you imagine how glorious that's going to be when we leave this earth, when Jesus takes us home, whether it's by His return or by our death, that we are taken to heaven and Jesus says, I have prepared a place for you. Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Boy, that's going to... We can't imagine... We can't imagine, and we won't even care about the place Jesus will have prepared for us because Jesus will be there, and our joy and our excitement will be in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus not only has gone uh, ahead of us in these things that we've looked at, but Jesus has gone ahead of us in anything and everything that we will do in life, and Jesus will be with us in anything and everything we will do in life. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. We come this morning and we rejoice. We rejoice that Jesus Christ, who was a perfect and sinless Son of God, died on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven and receive grace that we don't deserve. We come here today and we look to a future where one day all evil and all sadness and all pain and all heartache will be gone. And we look to that and we, we can put our faith and our trust and our hope in that because Jesus has gone before us and prepared the way for us in every way we can imagine. But we're not there yet. We're still right here on this earth. And we still face hard times. And we still face suffering. And we still face heartache. But we are not alone. We look to the future because it's an exciting time, but we cannot overlook the present because Jesus gives his uh, command here to his disciples as well as to us, and he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And we still have a job to do. We look for the future hope of our salvation in Jesus Christ and the day that we will be fully redeemed and away from this old world, but we are still here in this old world right now. We are still here in the hard days, but Jesus still calls us to do His work. Jesus calls us to tell other people the good news that we talked about today. Jesus wants us to go into the world and tell them about the hope, to tell them that they are sinners, but to tell them that there is grace of a Savior who loves them to the point that He gave His life for them. And not only did He gave His life for them, but the Almighty God rose Him from the grave. And that's the message that we have to take out into the world. It's not always easy, but Jesus tells the disciples, I am with you always to the end of the age. As long as we are on this world, as long as we are doing God's work, as long as we are going to take uh, the, the gospel to people who need to hear it, Jesus will be with us. It will not always be easy, but he will always give us the strength to get through. So if you rejoice in the grace and the mercy that you receive, if you rejoice today in the hope that you've received and making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you've done that, then we need to get that message out into the world so that others can have that hope. If you're here today and you've never accepted that, maybe today the Holy Spirit spoke something to you. Maybe today there was something in God's Word, some word that was read, some phrase that was read, something that the Holy Spirit uh, drew to your mind and pointed out to you that you've never seen before, and you realize that you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ who, is, who has paid the price for you, and today you realize you need to do that. Praise God. It's easy to do. All you have to do is ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You have to accept that He is God's Son. You have to accept that He was who He said He was and that He gave His life for you and I so that you could be forgiven. It's a grace that's free. It's nothing that you can earn. It's nothing that you can work your way up toward. Jesus paid it all. His perfect and wonderful sacrifice is all that was required 
And he's done everything that has to be done. All you have to do is trust him. All you have to do is trust him. Let's pray. Father God, I pray this morning that if there's one here that does not know you, Lord Jesus, that, that they would come to know you this morning. I pray that you would help us to just remember the truth in your word. Just, just, just find comfort in that, dear Lord, on the tough days. To know, God, that we have a Savior who has gone before us in every way possible. God, that we have an example to go by. That we don't just have a Savior that's a, a sayer, but we have a Savior who's a doer. We have a Savior who doesn't just say He loves us, but we have a Savior that we can see that He loved us by His death on the cross. But we thank you, God, for His perfect and sinless life. And God, we thank you that you raised Him from the dead so that we can have hope, dear Lord. So that the one thing that was, that was going to destroy us and keep us down, the, the one thing that was the punishment for our sin, dear Lord, death, God, that you've conquered that. That death has no power over the believer who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ because he has been victorious, dear Lord, through his death on the cross and his resurrection. So God, if there is one in this place that has not accepted that today, that you let the Holy Spirit touch their heart, convict them to know that they need to repent of their sins, that they need to ask forgiveness, dear Lord, that they need to turn from the sinful things that they're doing and that they need to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God, we thank you for the hope that we have. We thank you for a beautiful morning. We thank you for the freedom we have in this country to come here and worship you. And I pray that you just would bless uh, this meeting that we've had today. I thank you for the good singing. I thank you for your words that we've looked at. And most of all, Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.